0: Welcome to the Pain Door podcast, where fellowship-trained pain specialists Dr. Melissa Cady and Dr. Kevin Cucaro reveal the secrets of pain care, including harmful practices, healthy tips, and the hope found through the science of pain. Please note, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute a physician-patient relationship. Please discuss your medical issues with your personal health professional. For more information and free resources, visit paindora.com. Now on to the show.
1: Welcome everybody to the Paindora podcast. I am Dr. Katie, uh, joined by Dr. Kevin, and we are here to discuss a interesting topic. Would you like to introduce that topic today?
0: Why, sure. You know, oftentimes people <laughs> will talk about what you should do and what you should be doing. Um, let's talk about what you what would we do if you want to get worse? Like, so this will be an interesting topic and how. What would I do if I had pain, if I wanted to make it worse?
1: Yes, you want me to start?
0: You can start, yeah, what's your number one for that?
1: I think I should think that my body is got to get better right this second and no later. So in other words, the opposite of patience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The opposite of patience. So basically immediate fix.
1: Immediate fix that if it's not, um, that I'm, I'm not going to be happy unless it's fixed right this second, okay. then, um, that kind of internal, st- in, you're basically creating some kind of stress and anxiety that it's not being fixed right now. So, um, I think that kind of ties into the idea that the body, uh, it's almost like ignoring the fact that the body has the capacity to change or heal so you just have this sense that it should be something somebody can fix right now. And that's the only way it's going to work. And there's nothing like time or belief that the body is, has the capacity to heal. Um, that would make it worse. Right.
0: Well, you took mine that I was going to do. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was going to add on to that with the immediate. Well, fix go go
1: the, ahead and extend it.
0: <laughs> uh, because I was going to just say, you know, that might, the expectation that the body can't heal itself. Right. Yes. Um, but I, I like that because that, that, that immediate fix that is gonna resolve this minute, already we're screwing up expectations, right? Because the only place that we have now is to fail. And once we don't meet that expectation, which is highly likely to occur, if not um, almost guaranteed to occur, now we've added additional stressors on because now we say, well, it didn't work, it didn't work, it didn't work. Um, And then kind of tag teaming on the second one, the second thing I would do if I wanted to get worse is to believe that anytime that I hurt, I, anytime I had pain, there must be something broken or damaged in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, be, and just by doing that, what I have now done is I've created the pain as a, stre- is a, is a stressor in and of itself, right? Because mm-hmm. it's really hard to be having a pain. And if you think that it is causing you damage and, is, and, and you know, physical harm and you're going to die or something bad is going to occur, um, you're going to pay a lot more attention to that pain. It's going to be a a bigger deal and i guess also with that you're less likely to move because if you believe that pain equals damage you're not going to move and we know movement is you know one of the best things that you can do for pain
1: right and that's interesting um this uh, this idea of what can make it worse is like you said i mean it's funny how all these things are interconnected they kind of lead to the next thing but this sense of you know moving is bad and that that's not true, Um, but how you do it's important too. So obviously movement is critical for live creatures or beings such as human beings. Um, And and so if you're going to move, you have to understand the capacity of the body to change. And many times it does change slowly over time. So you have to be patient. Again, here's this patience thing. You have to understand that pacing or uh, incremental changes to allow your body to adapt. Um, also not to to give this body a sense of threat. So if you've never run a marathon, we use this example all the time, you're not just going to go run a marathon the first day you want to, you have to realize you need to start baby steps and in small increments. And eventually your body could adapt to that if you have the capacity for that, but you have to allow not just, you have to do it in a way so you don't stress or alarm your system or make it seem threatened so that you don't want the pain to escalate. Um, so you have to give it an, an enough doses for that, but you also want to give the tissues, the muscles, the connective tissues, even the respiratory system, the cardiovascular system, the ability to adapt and be able to do that next level. Um, so there's so many reasons for that, but yeah, that's, that's another one.
0: Is it baby bear stressing. Not too much, not too little,
1: just <laughs> yeah. right. I love that. You know, yeah. I, I wanted to, um, uh, if you have another one, go ahead and hop on to doing another one, but I have an idea for something to share today too.
0: Okay, well, I had one other one because it would actually ties into directly what you're talking about, you know, the marathon example, um, expecting change to take time while respecting the body's inherent ability to improve and heal and get better, right?
1: right.
0: So the other thing that I would do to get worse or certainly not to improve is to believe in um, ability, meaning I am in this certain way. This is, just, you know, everybody has a set pain tolerance, right? I'm just good with pain, I have a high pain tolerance, you have a low pain tolerance, or my body just is, I, I don't run marathons because that's just not how my body goes, or I can't lift weights, or I can't exercise because that's just, just not my ability to do. Uh, that that's just like a whole other fascinating st- standpoint because the more that you believe in that ability type of mindset, which is known in the literature as a fixed mindset, um, the less likely you are to actually grow and improve. While the idea that you can change, which our bodies and brains are adaptive creations, we know that because if you kind of look at all the different environments that you that humans are in. We are remarkable in our ability to adapt in our body's a physical ability to, to actually undergo in process and learn and say, how can I survive in this environment? How can I actually do better in this environment? Um, that, uh, that change mindset that we can change, which then becomes how much effort do I put into performing this to allow myself to grow and recover and, 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 and to continue to get big, grow and improve, uh, that's associated with better outcomes. So I would I would not believe that I would believe that I'm fixed and this is just the way it is. That's just how it is. I'm just this my I was born this way. I'll always be this way. And I'm going to die this way. And dad is going to make me worse.
1: Yes, it's a very it's interesting when you look at um, a very restrictive or uh, constrictive type of mindset versus an abundance type of more possibilities. Um, that it kind of makes me think that like you get so consumed in this very, very, um, uh, limited mindset on what the capacity or the, the abilities you do have. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's, there's needs to, if you want to make it worse, that would be a way to do it. The other thing that reminded me today was what's interesting. I, yesterday I did a quick little, um, description of how pain is, Protection—it's all about protection—and I just mentioned there's three elements. Literally, I'm doing this in the middle of a anesthetic with an (laughs) ophthalmologist, (laughs) so I have like you know the the tech and the circulating nurse and the ophthalmologist listening to me teaching about pain. (laughs) And I said, you know, your thoughts, how you think about it, your emotions, the sensations, and all those things, and that little dialogue turn in today where the tech said, you know, I was thinking about what you said yesterday, and I was in the military and I had several friends of mine, other females that came back from war and have developed fibromyalgia. And it made me think about like what they would had endured because I said about adverse childhood events, you put yourself in to make your pain worse or potentially Create an environment or a sense of needing to protect, or maybe your body creates this painful experience. You know, you put yourself in either toxic environments or traumatic environments, and endure a lot of stress. All you keep needing to do is keep piling on all the stress, piling on all the toxic environments. Um, never give yourself any time for yourself, um, and that can create worse pain or develop pain, and. And, you know, that's that's another way that if I wanted to make pain worse, I can just do that to myself and keep putting myself in those environments.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Toxic. Uh, in in toxicity of any form, just like you're saying, you know, toxic things that you consume, uh, toxic lack of movement, toxic people, toxic environments. And that's not just nuclear waste zones. Those are toxic environments where you have people screaming and, and abusive to each other. Yeah. Uh, all, definitely. And I'm going to add on to that because the, the other one that you could do is if I wanted to hurt is I would not go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why sleep deprivation is associated with both worsening pain, uh, onset of pain. And you kind of, if you kind of imagine for yourself, like most of us, you know, you pulled an all nighter in college or whatever. Certainly in the physician realm, when you, when we've done call and I, even though it's somehow gotten easier, you know, apparently there's like work hours and stuff like that. But um, just having that shift, like I know if there are people who are doing like a night float where you're awake all night long, that is a, that's a stressor on the body and the brain sees that. And it, you know, even if you don't have quote unquote persistent pain, how well do you feel if you haven't slept for 24 hours? You tend to feel achy, You start noticing things that, that you didn't notice before you have difficulty thinking you oftentimes have an upset stomach and nausea associated with it. So that's another thing. If I wanted to get worse, I would make sure I didn't sleep or I would make sure I had really, really horrible, awful sleep hygiene, just to, just to make get the worst night of sleep possible every single night for me.
1: Absolutely. And then here's another one is kind of the opposite. Um, Well, in, in general, Isolate yourself. If you want to make your pain worse or create pain, isolate yourself from the world, never have any human interaction, never have any connection or love in your life and just basically become a hermit and, and don't have any, any connection to the world that in and of itself.
0: That And and that's a tough one, right? Because, um, well, I know we're, we're making pain worse that so we're going but that's a, that's a tough one to kind of recover from because a lot of times when you are under that significant distress and under so much pain, uh, the, you know, the body and brain actually t- wants to retreat, right? You know, and from an evolutionary standpoint, it's doing it because it's saying, go, you know, stay in our little place and let us, you know, this, is, this sickness will allow us to stay here, not interact so that we can get better and certainly not show weakness to the outside. Um, the problem is that works really, really well in short intervals. Uh, but when you don't have like, you know, the flu or some bacterial infection, that long period of time of isolation, actually, it, it makes you worse. We do know, you know, what is, from, a, from, a, the, from the prison standpoint, and one of the reasons that I think a lot of nations don't allow solitary confinement is that they have found that isolation is a torture in and of itself because we are such social beings. Even if you think you're not, like I am pretty much an introvert and I'm, I do a lot of hermiting but we are still social creatures. So we need to have that human interaction and preferably non-toxic human interaction. (laughs) But I keep forgetting, we're making it worse. So yeah, isolated and if we are not isolated, make sure it's super toxic environment of people that we're in.
1: Right, and there's a lot of association and, and studies that show that anxiety and depression, those things can make pain worse. But the irony of everything that we've said up until this point, Are the things that can help now they're granted there are extreme situations but i think there's a a general propensity for the type of lifestyles that we're living in america to lend itself towards depression and anxiety um there's a lot of you know things you can explain regarding that but in general the things that we just talked about are things that can help with anxiety and depression like movement exercise getting outside You know, so all the opposite is what you can do to make it worse. So obviously, anxiety—it's just this trickle effect and snowball effect that all these things that can cause anxiety, depression, which can cause problems with um, pain—they're all tied together. And I think you know, as kind of a way to kind of bring this around full circle, is think about the whole point about this whole conversation is think about the things that can make your pain worse. Or if you can't find things that make you better, if you can think about what are the things that I notice that my pain's worse like right away or maybe even the next day and start putting those pieces together and stepping back and reevaluating your life, which is kind of hard to do sometimes without help because you're so deeply embedded within it that you kind of have normalized that and that because it didn't cause problems, maybe on the front end, but over time it eventually reared its ugly head and pain started to become a manifestation of your life. Sometimes you need help with that. Any comments about that?
0: No, I, I, I think that would, um, there's so much there. It leads into a whole nother episode because uh, what you're saying about sometimes you don't notice, right? The human, we're very adaptable, right? So you put us in an environment and we tend to tolerate it and we may not even know that how toxic it is until you find a respite from it, right? People, I work all the time and I love my work and then they go on vacation. Someone forces them on vacation and they're like, holy moly, I, haven't, I slept for three days and I'm breathing again and it, because you were so inundated in it. And um, in, in a similar fashion, there's we know that trauma and pain have this tight link and when we're understanding pain and threat and threat sensitivity, it totally makes sense. But there's a whole lot of people that are running around that may not know just how traumatic things were. And what I mean by that is I've met many people who said, oh, my, you go, how was your childhood? Do you have any, any stress early in your life? I'm like, oh, no, my childhood was totally normal. And then you go, what happened? Well, you know, my dad was an alcoholic, um, but he never beat me. He only beat my brother or my mom. And that's and, and, and because you're in that environment and maybe you're in a community where there is that kind of association with it that becomes normal. And because it's normal. We're not even aware of the effects that has on us. So being take a time and actually being able to question. Is this, you know, it, it, being able to take that pause and step back so that you can actually examine and, and sort of get the big, you know, rise above and actually see the big picture and determine whether or not this is good or normal. Uh, I think is really, really key because it comes up so much with childhood trauma. Oh, I I was never traumatized. It was, you know, my dad only beat my mom. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, that's a traumatic experience. When, when you're it's a traumatic experience for anybody, it would be traumatic for me if my mom was getting beaten, but certainly when you're a young kid.
1: Right, no, I think this, this whole idea of um, a lot of these things is about the plasticity or changeability of the nervous system and the brain and how its perception Um, how it's constructed its memory. And, and, you know, we have a way of somehow normalizing it, whether out of survival. And there's a lot of, I'm sure different ways of explaining that, but there's a lot, a lot of reasons we move on to the next thing. You need to pay attention to the next thing, but um, I think it's, it's pretty remarkable how we can do that. Um, I myself have done that uh, when you really look back at things. Um, But I think, I think all of these lessons are part of, you know, overall wellness that we're like you even think about if you if you put on weight you could probably think of what are the things that probably contributed to it let's think of the opposite you know like what is it i did to make my weight worse (laughs) same thing you just kind of look at it from that perspective and it helps you dissect out maybe the things you could work on any final last thoughts
0: gives you a different perspective you know and so much of it is just being able to willing to to take another look in a different way and then when you look at things differently, we can approach them differently, and we can start seeing outcomes that are different than they were before.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: So, all right, do I get to say goodbye this time?
1: This you're on the outro. Sir. I'm on the outro. All <laughs> right, folks.
0: Well, uh, welcome to this episode of the Pain Door Podcast. I really appreciate you coming in. If you have any questions or comments, please put them in uh, in the feed below. You can definitely email us at either Dr. Kevin at StraightShotHealth.com or Dr. Katie at
1: you could do Dr.dR D-R at challengedoctor.com. D O C. No, just D-R. Dr at challengedoctor.com.
0: Dr at challengedoctor.com. <laughs> and we look forward to your questions, comments, and until next time, stay well. Thank you for joining us today on the Payndora Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know through a five-star rating on iTunes or your current podcast listening service, and be sure to check out the information and resources available at paindora.com.